Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam Shaw here, founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I'm excited to be here uh, for, with another client interview for you guys today. I'm excited to have Cameron on today. I'm excited to have him on because he just wrapped up his uh, summer internship recruiting process and uh, had a very successful outcome and uh, wanted to, I mean, he's a total rock star, so I wanted to get him on here and just talk to you guys about his whole experience going through recruiting, what was it like, uh, and hopefully shed some light for you guys on, you know, just give you guys some advice on what you might be able to do um, in your own process as well. So uh, Cameron, thank you for uh, taking the time to be on with us today. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do it and, and happy to be here to help out. Yeah, uh, I know you're super busy and as you guys, I mean, you, you just got off work at your uh, IV internship that you're doing. So uh, let's, uh, I'll try to be efficient with this. But uh, to start off, I guess, um, what will probably be most helpful for people is if you just introduce yourself real quick and kind of give the people a sense, give people a sense of uh, who you are. Yeah, sure. So my name is Cameron DeCourt. I'm a second year, uh, well, I was a second year corporate finance student here at the University of Texas at Austin, but now I'm an incoming or rising junior. Um, so kind of coming into Wall Street Mastermind, uh, I always kind of had a keen interest um, around finance. Uh, my dad actually was the CFO of an upstream oil and gas company that kind of spurred my interest in finance at a young age. But kind of coming into college, I always heard I, about investment banking and kind of knew all the realms about it and what it was. But I didn't really know what the first steps were to really how to kind of how to break into it, right? Because especially coming from a school down south like Texas, it's not just it's not easy to get into New York, right? So that's kind of how I ended up meeting Sam. I actually was scrolling through uh, social media one day and Sam kind of had a promoted message that uh, ran across, I guess, one of my algorithms that Instagram had sent to me and uh, reached out to Sam and kind of the rest is history. Um, so I'm kind of happy to talk about my whole recruiting process, some tips and tricks that helped me. Um, and some advice and kind of how Sam exactly and the rest of the Wall Street Mastermind team kind of helped me uh, ultimately get to where I'm at today as I'll be ultimately joining Rothschild um, in the summer of 2022. Got it. Okay. That's awesome. Um, and that's in New York, you said? That is in New York, correct. So was your goal always, because you go to UT, I know a lot of UT kids end up doing oil and gas banking in Houston, um, probably just because that's where you guys are the primary target school for, right? Was your goal always, did you always know you wanted to go to New York or did you mention your dad is in oil and gas? And so I'm sure you're, you know, have a lot of exposure to that industry. Like, how did you think about that decision of Houston versus New York? Yeah, sure. So kind of for me going into the whole process, I always kind of, I had a desire to go to New York, but I went into it with an open mind. So actually, when I was going through networking and kind of really starting the whole process off, I actually reached out to banks in both Houston and New York. But kind of after speaking with a bunch of the guys specifically in New York that were UT guys that ended up up there on Wall Street, they kind of just stressed to me that if you go New York, it's just that optionality effect, right? Like a lot of the banking metrics that are used down in Houston are just totally different um, than everything up in New York. So I kind of thought about the long game and ultimately where I wanted to be going into the future. And so I kind of thought my best bet then was going New York over Houston. So it's kind of what I decided. But the issue with that is, like Sam kind of said, UT's a target school for uh, Houston, um, but it's not remotely a target school for New York. So I kind of had to create a unique 
uh, crafted approach and story that that the team kind of helped me create in order to kind of get to ultimately where I'm at today. Got it. Okay. Um, I guess if you were, to, I don't know if you know this, but I'm sure you have a lot of friends at UT, and you're probably you know in some student organizations where everybody's trying to get into banking, right? Uh, I think there's what like two big ones at UT, or like one or two. Yeah, well, well, yeah there's a couple of two big clubs. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I've had other UT clients that are in these clubs as well. So do you have a sense for like roughly what percentage of people end up in New York versus end up in Houston? Is it like 80, 20, 90? Yeah, I mean it's I'd say it's even more than that, Sam. I'd start I'd say it's probably 90-10 Houston compared to New York. Um there's started to slowly become a more New York presence um in the re recent couple of years. Um, but it's mainly almost entirely uh, Houston, and Houston comes and does on-campus recruiting. New York does not. Got it. Okay. So essentially, you're a non-target student, and you know you might have a handful of alumni on Wall Street, but it's not that many. And so, right. the degree of difficulty is obviously much higher than if you're trying to go to New York. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to let's go back to like kind of the beginning then because I think I mean I'm just I'm trying to check but I mean I think we've been working since what like April of last year right sure. June now so probably like a year before you wrapped up the recruiting process is kind of when we started um and so that was that was what the end of your freshman year I guess yeah right. Right. so take us back to the beginning like what had you already kind of started doing some prep and networking and you know anything towards IB recruiting prior to joining Wall Street Management or were you coming in with just kind of like a clean slate? Yeah sure so kind of prior to joining Wall Street Mastermind I did kind of I'd say what almost every other student does really right and that's kind of reach out to some people you know at your school that are eventually going to go intern at you know various different investment banks yeah. but at the end of the day these people like Although they may be your friends, they're going to take the time to like help you, but they're not going to sit down with you day by day, help craft the story and help you learn technicals. So they kind of just said, yeah, you know, you need to network and you need to study your technicals. And I said, okay, well, I know what the word networking means, but like, you know, what does that entail? How do I reach out to these bankers? How do, what's the right structure to email them? Is there an appropriate time to email them? Right. Um, how many from each bank should I reach out to? How should I prioritize these banks? Um, and then when it comes to the whole technical prep alone, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you can look at the guides, but just don't memorize the guides. And like, yeah, it sounds great on paper and it's right that, that that's the correct answer. But when you're coming into the recruiting process, I knew nothing. Right. I mean, I knew I knew the basic finance and finance terminology, but I mean, I couldn't do all the intricate text or anywhere close to that. So kind of how it started for me was, like I mentioned earlier, I ran across one of the or the ads, and I, I reached out and scheduled my um, free strategy session um, with the team. And kind of after talking with them, I, they actually asked me um, some common banking questions that I actually ended up getting asked um, in my first and, and ultimately super days. And when they asked me, I was just absolutely clueless. Like, I, I was just like, yeah, I, don't, I, I just don't know. And, you know, if I were to fast forward a year later and I would have said, I don't know, I've been, I would have been laughed out of the room, right? So uh, I came in clueless. Um, I knew ultimately what you had to do, but it's it's a lot more than just saying you have to network and study your technicals because that's very broad advice and you don't know what 
networking entails and what to study. And that's exactly what Sam showed me and ultimately um, how he helped me out. Got it. So if I were to kind of read that back to you. So, I mean, these friends that you're helping, are these just like upperclassmen in some of these finance orgs that you're in a school basically? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like those two big UT clubs that you talked about, right? Uh, or I don't know if you're in one or both, but, um, and so, cause that, that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up. That's a very common question that we get, which I kind of, I want to hear your perspective. Um, people always ask like, well, we have these IB clubs or finance clubs or whatever on campus already. Like, why don't I just do that? I mean, that's, that's free, right? Uh, yep. Like, is there even a difference? Like what, what is the difference? In fact, I think the, the two big clubs at UT, if I'm not mistaken, they're actually quite good, right? Like my understanding is they have a pretty good track record of placing their members into investment banks and whatnot, right? Like I don't know the exact success rate or whatever, but I, my understanding is from my other students that have been in those clubs is that it's pretty high, right? And so I think some people, if they have, I guess, well, you probably have to be admitted into those clubs, but assuming you can get in, and I don't know how selective it is, maybe you can tell me, but assuming you can get in, I think a lot of people's mentality is like, well, I'll just use that. Uh, but obviously, like I said, we have students in our program that are in those programs as well. What is the mentality there when you have access to something like that already, yet you still decide to, you know, get even more help from Washington National? That would be my first question. The second question, is like, I mean, what's the difference? Like, is uh, what we do in here versus what you're doing in these clubs, like, is there a difference? Or because we're covering probably all the same things, right? Like you said, there's only so many things you need to do. There's your applications, your networking, your technicals, your behaviorals. Um, like, what? why Why bother, I guess? Yeah, for sure. So I think the second point's easier to hit on, so I'm gonna hit on that one first. So I think, I think the big difference, right, is, you know, you can present the modules and what you need to know in the background on networking, but the big difference that you're going to get um, from working with Sam and Wall Street Mastermind is, you know, you're going to study these things and it's not easy. You're not going to get it on the first try, right? And you're going to need explaining. It's just like when you took, you know, calculus two, whatever it may be, you're not going to get it on the first go around. And if you're just, what these clubs do is they'll provide you a guide um, like the, just the basic breaking into Wall Street guides. And then from there in each different, you know, you'll have like weekly meetings and they'll kind of break down those guides, but ultimately a one hour meeting um, breaking down these guides once a week for a month or so is, is just not going to get you ready. And ultimately what I thought the main, the big difference was hands down was the one-on-one -on -one advice, right? Because each person has their own unique story um, and one thing that Sam's really good at doing is helping you craft that story um, that fits just you, because ultimately everyone that goes through these processes are going to have similar answers to the common IB uh, behavioral questions. But what Sam will do is help mold that to your story and make it unique and fit to you, um, which is big. And then on the technical piece, like you're going to have questions. And I used to, I mean, Sam would probably tell you, I used to hit him up on Slack. I mean, at like midnight, 1 a.m., whatever when I was studying for these interviews and he'd, he'd get back to me right away. And ultimately I think that's the big difference is I'm not going to, you know, text some professor at midnight or 1 AM a question about a, a DCF. He's either a not going to answer it, two just doesn't really care. Right. So um, 
you know, Sam's also success is on the line when he takes y'all on and takes clients on. I mean, he's judged by his statistics, right? So ultimately he's invested in you. And that's, I think, hands down the big difference is he's invested in your success. So he's going to do everything he can to help you get to that level. Yeah. So I guess in other words, if you were to get, if you were to draw it up and you, in terms of like the things that you would look for in whoever you get help from, I guess the most important things are probably one, obviously they need to be knowledgeable and qualified to give you advice and give you the right advice. But then secondly, how invested are they in your outcome? Because like you said, maybe like some of your friends are upperclassmen at school. One, they're maybe one step ahead of you, but they're not that much more qualified than you are. Uh, but two, they already have their jobs and it doesn't matter to them that much whether you get a job or not. They got, they got nothing to gain. There's nothing right. to gain. And right. I think another thing I wanted to hit on too about those clubs is one thing that was cool about me joining Wall Street Mastermind so early and I think was another key thing was those clubs are so hyper and ultra competitive um, where I actually was able to get Sam's help before going through those interview processes. And I tell you right now, the, there's one, I'm, I'm going to keep the name out, but I, I would not have got in if it wasn't for Sam and his help, right? Just because the interview process for those that themselves were like a whole investment banking interview process. And if I didn't have that and I didn't have Sam, I, I just wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I think that was another big thing for me was how early I started, which allowed me to really understand the basic concepts going into this first little prep. And then I could really dive in and understand the more intricate and more in-depth um, knowledge um, of all the different concepts. And I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I don't think, I'm not sitting here bashing these clubs. I tell all of my clients, if you are, if you have a club like this at school, you should absolutely join it, right? And I think there's a huge benefit to being in these clubs. And like you said, it's very selective, right? But it's selective for a reason because you know, the clubs only want to take the best people because those students are going to get the good jobs and those students are going to make them look good. Kind of like a self, it's like a virtuous cycle where I think the biggest benefit from joining these clubs um, is the network, right? Because probably the UT alum that are working on Wall Street, that are working in New York or even Houston came from these clubs and they're going to be more inclined to help younger students who came from the same clubs as them, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it's, it's the same thing like that you just said is like, when it comes to these clubs, like, don't get me wrong. I think they're great and everyone should join them. I'm a part of them. I actually am going to work on the executive committee of one and it's absolutely awesome. But one thing I'd stress too is like Sam was saying, they only get the cream of the crop, right? Like when they start these students off, they already know what they're doing and have a very good understanding of everything that's going on. No one's going to help you get to that level. If you're not already at that level, they're not even going to bother to help you. So, um, and it's not easy to get to that level. So I think that's another thing that's worth highlighting. And I think Sam hit, hit the nail on the head that I didn't even bring up was the thing that is really cool about those clubs and organizations. It's not the training it gives you, it's the network. Because it's not, you know, these bankers are getting 50, 100 emails a week. And ultimately they can't speak to all these people and they're going to speak to the people they have a connection with. And if they see, you know, hey, you're an X club, I was an X club maybe this kid's worth hopping on the spot. Right. So I think, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the main, I'd say the main advantage of them. It's funny because I guess let me ask you this, like 
these two clubs at UT, do you know like what the rough acceptance rate is? Like how many people apply and yeah. how many you get in each, each year? I think for the one, the one I know of, I know, so there's 20, about 20 to 25 of us. And I want to say just over 300 apply. But of, of those, of those kids that apply, um, like it's not just like low level students that are applying, like, for you to even know what the organization is, you're pretty um, kept up to date with banking stuff. So chances are you're pretty smart, uh, know what's going on, right? So it's not like these are kids that are failing out of school um, that are applying to these organizations. So right. it's not it, easy. It's funny how things work, right? Because I mean, 20 to 25 out of 300, we're talking what, like, one percent you know six to seven percent to oh sorry no no sorry six to seven percent to ten percent acceptance rate right so that right there is already a filter so to speak of like hey who are the best or most qualified candidates at ut and then like you from there you try to go for banking and then obviously you know the top banks out there the bulge bracket, the league boutique banks, their acceptance rate, and you, and you, in any given year, probably between one and three percent, depending on the bank. So it's just like it's almost like a video game where it gets progressively harder and harder, but you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of, you know, progress to the earlier stages first before you can kind of beat the later yep. stages, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's very, very, very compared process. Um, so that makes a lot of sense, man. Thanks for clearing that up. And so I guess coming back to the first question there, though, so is the mentality then of, because I, I got to be honest, not everyone has the mentality that you and some of the other UT students that we've worked with have, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know, I, I think I know what the mentality is, but I want to kind of hear your thoughts. Like, we helped you get in, but for someone who already thinks they can't get into these clubs on their own, whether they're right or wrong, a lot of times people are overconfident, to be honest, but for people that already think they can get in, um, like what, why, why would you still want something like Wall Street National? Is it just that you can never have too much help? Or is it like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Like you tell me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you know, you'd be wrong to say you never need too much help, and I don't think that's that's really the main reason. I think I think the main reason is you're going to have a constant line of communication if you have questions, because throughout the whole process, when you're studying for these intricate elite boutique interviews, you go so far into the weeds on some of these concepts. We're like a normal person that just finished recruiting, like they're not like they haven't looked at this stuff probably in a year, and they're not going to remember that stuff. But someone who's doing this constantly every single day with, you know, a bunch of different clients, this is their job, they're going to remember that stuff. And I think that's huge because when you can reach out to someone and you're stuck on one concept and you just quickly get a notification, oh, hey, okay, this is what it is. And then you can keep going with your process. It's so helpful because, I mean, I can't remember the amount of times different kids in these clubs would come up to me, they're stuck on one concept and then they waste a whole week trying to understand one minute concept um, that they could have had answered in 10 minutes if someone was there to help, right? So I think that line of communication and asking questions is absolutely huge. And ultimately, like these clubs, like you're going to have, you're probably going to get a mentor. Uh, like my mentor, I was actually lucky, was out freaking outstanding and did a really good job. But a lot of them, like they're not invested in your success. Like, I mean, 
they they care and they want to see you do well but like are they going to pick up the phone on a thursday night when you have an interview friday morning uh, and it's 11 p.m and they're out at the bars probably not uh sam will not so i think that's also a big difference yeah i'm at a different stage in my life where i don't get to go out to the bars every time or every day right? <laughs> <laughs> um but basically yeah like uh, getting assigned a mentor could be hit or miss depending on who it is exactly uh, and so that makes a lot of sense i guess uh, the the real-time response you're talking about you just uh are you just referring to how in wall street mastermind if you have a question you just hop on a slack channel and you ask the question and then I, whether myself or some of our other coaches or even nowadays a lot of our other clients would jump in I see you jumping in a lot of times, actually answering other people's questions. Because um, we've had, what, like, we've had, I think, close to 400 students that have gone through the program now. So we're starting to have, like, alumni in the program who have been through the process and it just happened to be online. And, like, real quick, they can just help you answer the question that you're stuck on and then you can continue to move forward and make progress. Yeah, I mean, just like Sam said, that's a whole nother thing. I forgot to even bring that up, like, the other people that are in the program with you, they're going to be studying the same stuff that you are. And that's a whole nother, a whole nother component is just like the people that are in the organization with you. It's like the whole like banking motto, like you struggle through it together and everyone's going through it. So you want to help each other out. And that's ultimately kind of, kind of what happens in the program. And I think that's another thing too, is like, if you have a question, you ask it, like there's like a general uh, page too, for example, other people, it doesn't even have to be Sam. Like, I do it now sometimes, like Sam mentioned, like I'll see a question go off in the technical channel that I know the answer to, and I may just be like out eating dinner or whatever, but I'll just, you know, since I, I'm done with the process and, you know, the program has done so much to me, I'll, I'll you know, spend the 15, 20 seconds uh, to shoot a quick response back. So, I mean, I think, you know, that that alone, you don't just get the coaches, you also get the whole, the whole team. And ultimately, I think that's a big difference as well. Honestly, I got to say, as the person running this program, that is like one of my favorite parts about this community that we've built is when I start to see our former clients help out our current clients and just kind of like paying it forward. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, one thing, because it makes my job easier because I don't have to answer every single question, but, but, but more importantly, just, um, I feel like there's a very, I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like there's a very collaborative um, culture inside of Wall Street Mastermind. Because like you said, like banking is a competitive process, right? Like it can be pretty cutthroat where I think, you know, I don't know how it is in these school clubs and whatnot, but I think like sometimes people can have this mentality of like, hey, if I help you and you get this job, then that's one less job for me, right? Or maybe people are not going to say it, but they're kind of thinking, it, right? Yep. Um, but I don't really get that vibe in, in Wall Street Mastermind, right? And so everyone's kind of going through the struggle together, whether you have technical questions, networking questions, behavioral questions, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? Or even just like general intel on what's going on. Like sometimes it's confusing. Yeah. Like, is this bank still recruiting? Does this bank sponsor or not? Like, has anyone heard back after the super day at this firm? You know, it's just, it's almost like, just another organization or club or whatever you want to call it that you're a part of. Um, and that's just an, uh, another built-in network that you can really. Yeah. 
and and kind of pinning pinning off that point exactly like that that happens like all the time like just that network of like constantly pinging each other back and forth and in fact there's actually a group of us within wall street mastermind we even created like a separate group chat and like we shared all our um like contacts of kind of who we reached out to in the process and who was helpful so we pin off each other right and kind of that whole collaboration process made it a lot easier yeah. um and then two kind of just going into that whole the the whole other piece of it um and uh um crap i, I forgot my train of thought um but but re regardless of what i was saying was um in essence, like everyone's there to help you out. And it's kind of just that repetitive process and a feedback loop where once you go through the program, you want to help other people out. And that's ultimately kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, I had two other UT clients uh, who are recruiting this year and um, they told me after they got their offers, both of the offers and they told me like, oh yeah, like we've been studying together a lot and whatever. And I think that's pretty cool, you know? Um, just going through the process together and kind of having everybody get offers together. So it's a great feeling, right? Yeah, um, let's, uh, I want to talk a little bit about kind of like, you know, the outcome. So obviously you mentioned at the very beginning already, you're going to Rothschild in New York. Um, that's a generalist M&A and restructuring group, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So the summer is generalist between M&A and restructuring. Uh, and then once you go full time, you're placed into either restructuring or within um, uh, in the M&A arm. Got it. Okay. And was that the only, did you just like take the first offer you got or like, how did you kind of like make that decision in terms of where you want to go? Yeah. So I was actually, uh, really, really fortunate in my process. I actually only did an interview um, with one place I applied to um, and and wasn't actually ever cut from an interview process. So um, I w was first offered by Melissa, um, New York City, uh, in their generous program. Uh, and then while that actually happened, I was, in I was about to have a super day um, with City Houston, um, with City Houston, RBC Houston, and Morgan Stanley Houston. Um, but then as a result of that, I knew now that I had a Mullis offer, I wanted to focus solely um, on New York. So I ultimately leveraged that and reached out to my connections over at Rothschild. Um, and they ended up speeding up my process, um, got, me, uh, got me a super day and kind of the rest is history. Um, and kind of what really made me decide that's where I wanted to be um, was like, kind of everyone, everyone, once you go through the recruiting process is going to have a different mindset. Like when I started it, I had the mindset of I'm going to go as a lead of a bank as I can. And ultimately kind of once I got to that level, I, after doing like, I mean, I probably did a hundred networking calls and every person just stressed to me, like, dude, like make sure you go where you enjoy the people, because if you're going to spend 90 hours a week, every week for three years, you're going to, you're going to hate it. And you're going to hate banking if you're not around people you like. And the Rothschild people that I spoke with, especially the UT team were just like absolutely the coolest people. Like I get along with every single one of them. Like I could feel like I could go out and grab a bite to eat with them or go hang out with them outside of work. And ultimately I think that's really important because if you're going to spend the hours you're going to, you want to do it at a place 
you like people. And not to say I didn't like the people everywhere else because I did. Everyone throughout the whole process was outstanding and everyone's really great people. But just I felt like I messed with the people at Rothschild the best. And yeah. so that's kind of where I, where I wanted to go. And I'm ultimately pretty happy, really happy with my decision. Yeah, because I, I remember, um, I mean, you were probably like choosing between what three offers at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an easy decision. It was, it was, I think it was a pretty close call for you. And you had a lot of internal back and forth on, yeah. Yeah, like you said, there's probably different pros and cons to all. I mean, Mollus is, is a great shop and a lot of people would probably give the right arm to go to Mollus, right? And so, um, to be able to turn that down obviously wasn't an easy thing to do. Um, but it sounds like you got, so you're saying you got invited to interviews with every single place you applied to except for one. That's uh, correct. And if I, and if I didn't, it was because by the time I signed like some of the bigger bulge brackets in New York, they just haven't started their non-diversity timeline. Right. So any, any place I applied to and started the process, I got an, an interview invite minus one. Right. And then you went through the interviews, you passed every single interview, and then these were just the first three offers that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so you chose from that. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's almost unheard of, to be honest. That's, that's pretty crazy, right? You have close to 100% success rate. Um, and the one place that you didn't get an interview from, uh, we won't name names. <laughs> we won't name names. We won't, we won't say who it is, but that wasn't really based on my understanding that wasn't even that was like some bad luck it wasn't really even your fault right yeah stuff happens stuff happens yeah so i mean that's um that's an amazing outcome man and i think you know rochelle that that's a great job especially you know if you're interested in something like restructuring which yep. right now there's a ton of real flow um and uh and the skill set is very technical i would say it's probably even more technical than almost all the groups out there. And so I think it gives you um, very, very good uh, exit opportunities as well. Because I mean, I don't know what you want to do afterwards, but like people that want to go to PE, for example, those firms want the analysts that can, you know, build the most technical models and just like understand the capital structure really, really well. And that's exactly what you want in your structure, right? So I think that's a great choice, man. Um, I guess one last question for you, uh, and then let's wrap this up. I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, is there anything that you wish someone had told you back when you first started this recruiting process? Uh, you know, piece of advice, something that would have made your life a lot easier, uh, something that you know now in hindsight that you're like, ah, yeah, I, I wish I knew this, you know, a year ago. Like, is there anything like that that you want to share with people? Yeah, you know, I think there's actually a bunch. So I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible. But I think Number one, the hands down most important thing is get started as early as possible. Because I remember when I started, I started the end of my freshman year is like when I kind of first started realizing I should probably start zoning in on this. Yeah. And I had some buddies um, like reach out to me that that got through the process and were a year older than me. And they're like, dude, like, why are you starting so early? Like, you know, you're just wasting your time, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, man, like, I understand. But like, one of those people were like, I want to give it my all. And if it, if it wouldn't work out and I didn't try, then I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be pissed. So I, that's what I did. And I started early. And I think even looking back at it, I remember when it was my week, the week before my big first round, I remembered, and I was just like studying all my last 
stuff. And I was like, man, if I had one more week, I had one more week. And you're always going to say that you're always like, that's just how it is, whether it's a test, whatever it may be. Um, but really, if I didn't start studying ahead of time and networking ahead of time, I would have been in bad, bad shape because by the time, by me starting so early, the last couple months, I was pretty much done networking. Like I networked with literally anyone and everyone I possibly could at any bank I cared about. Um, so I was like, I could pretty much solely focus in on my technicals. And I had other buddies that were just now starting networking in the last couple months. And you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the guy that has finals. You got to network with every bank on the street still and know all these guys and study technicals all at the same time. You're going to either not sleep. Well, you, you won't sleep. And you're going to just not be happy. You're going to be stressed. So I think starting early is huge. That's, that's probably the biggest piece of advice. I think it's a really good one too. Um, another one I'd say too, um, is stay organized because when you're going to be reaching out to all these bankers, it is going to be so, so hard to remember who you spoke with. Because I remember at every single bank I interviewed at, there was, Oh, who'd you speak with? Oh, what'd y'all talk about? Right. So one thing that I did and I think is very important is you should create, I think Sam told me this actually was I had folders within my Gmail inbox of like each, each of the different banks. And then I just drag my emails to that. So then I could quickly go and say, oh, okay, I, you know, example, at Goldman Sachs, I spoke with X, Y, Z. And at X, I spoke with X about, you know, whatever it may be. And ultimately from there, then when you go to prepare these interviews, it's going to help kind of craft your story, which is important. Um, and then three, another thing too, I think with the whole networking piece is I think it's huge to start networking early, even more than technicals, because networking like, it's weird where like you think it would become supernatural, but like some of these conversations, because everyone's personality is so different, you're going to mesh with some people, you're not going to mesh with others. And it takes a long time to be able to figure out uh, like how to crack a joke, right? In the middle of an IB networking conversation. How can I create side talk? How once this conversation stops, how can I keep it flowing, right? Like there's so many different minor things that make a difference. And ultimately, I think the reason I was able to have the success I did in my recruiting process was a lot of my networking. And the reason I was so good at networking was I started so early. Um, so I think that's another really key piece. Um, another piece too that I, I think is important um, is, you know, every, Sam's going to tell you this probably 10,000 times if you sign up to the program, but don't just study guides. If you study guides, they are going to see right through it. Like, in fact, like I'm, I'm interning at a bank right now in the Austin area. And when we were doing interviews a couple of weeks ago, like we know, cause the ones who are running it studied those same guides. Like we know when you're know something just off the guide and they're going to pin into you until you know it, until they know you either know it or you're just reciting. So know everything that's not on the guide. And I think the best way to do that um, is one, have someone like Sam to teach you the basics. You got to know the basics or you're screwed. So know the basics, then dive into the advanced concepts, but make sure you understand it and you're not just regurgitating information like you would for a test. So I think that's huge. So I'd say, you know, start early, um, network early and stay organized in your networking. And then when it comes to text, focus on things outside of the guide. And then four, I think another really important piece that I think no one really talks about. And I actually, or I'm going to give two more because these are two really good advice I actually got from bankers. And they're probably the best advice I got. Um, this is great. <laughs> one of the advice I got when you're networking, this is a unique one, Sam, is 
listen to the tone of voice of the people you're talking to. So when you're talking to someone and they sound like they're miserable and they're like, yeah, like, you know, today I was, I was working on X project and, you know, and it's just, the chances are they're probably getting killed in work. They're either getting killed in work or they're not enjoying it. So take note of that versus two, if you're having calls with everyone from this one group and you know, they're having great deal flow, which means they're still working hard, but yet they're all still energetic and happy to be on the phone and like still talking through everything and seem like they're happy. I think that's huge because chances are that means they're probably enjoying their work and enjoying the group. And you're going to want to enjoy the work and enjoy the group um, if you're going to put the hours you are. So I think that's huge is know how to uh, listen to tone of voice when you're talking to these bankers, because yeah. that's going to get you a good indication because they're, because, you know, you're going to ask them how, what's the culture like at bank X and they're going to be, Oh, it's great. Great people culture. But it's like, yeah, the culture is great. The people are great. Like chances are it's not great. And they're just saying that because they have to, um, so, so take note of that because everyone's going to regurgitate and say the culture is great. Yeah. And even if they think it's not great, they're going to tell you. So take note of the voice and they'll tell you no. Uh, that was actually advice I got. And I was really good at that. That's a real um, good that, That's Yeah. Really yeah. Um, I, another one too, that I think is a little bit of a cheat code is within each bank, figure out, like I talked to like five to 10 people from the banks I really cared about at each bank. Once try and find one person, you just need one that you click with like really well and you feel like, like you could go, you know, grab a coffee, whatever it may be with this person and like talk to them about stuff that isn't banking. And then once recruiting is really starting to get closer, reach out to that same person again and start the conversation off about something entirely not banking related. Like for me, I'm a big sports guy. So like a bunch of the guys I speak to, I, I, like take note from their LinkedIn, like what city they were from. I'd figure out what team they were big into. Um, like, for example, I knew a, a dude was a, um, a really big Nets fan. So I spoke a lot about the Nets, kind of some injuries. And that opened a door up to, oh, man, like I know interviews start in a month. Like if you want me to mock you, mock interview you, just a mock interview you before the whole process, just let me know. Um, and that is huge. That's because then when you go into it, they're going to tell you, they won't tell you the questions they're going to ask. They're going to tell you what they're looking for. And they're, they're almost going to become your own mini coach at that bank. That's going to help coach you to get that job. Because if they really like you, they're going to want to help you get the job because when you summer, you'll be working with them. And if they like you, that makes their job better, right? And their life better. So I think a key is to find one person at each bank that you fit with on a person out, not just a work phase. You're going to talk to all of them about banking. That's fine. So you should do. But find one that like you actually like mesh with well, whether that's through sports, whether that's through, you know, some outside hobby you have, whatever it may be, find one that you mesh with well that has nothing, nothing related to finance and talk to them about not finance for a little bit to actually get to know them. And then I found that that person is going to be your go-to man at that bank. Yeah. And if you get an offer elsewhere, whatever it may be, they're going to help you if you if you are the, the, as Sam knows, there's always iffy candidates. And if you have someone in your corner that's pushing for you hard and you're an iffy candidate, your chances are going to skyrocket to get it. So I think the key is to find one person at each group you want to be in and really get to know that person. Don't annoy them though. Don't be weird. Like you can tell, just have a personality. Like <laughs> if you're, if you're constantly blowing them up and they're like, dude, I'm busy, like leave them alone. 
but like if they're like energetic and happy to talk to you and always want to talk to you then, then take advantage of it that is really really good uh, yeah i can tell you you're, you're going to be a great exec for your id club because whoever gets assigned to be your mentee is gonna is gonna luck out but <laughs> um, but uh on that, I'm going to ask a follow-up. I know I said that was the last question. I'm going to ask a follow-up question. I know the people that are listening to this um, probably want to know this. By the way, guys, I asked Cameron for one piece of advice. He just gave you six. So that's like, and first of all, everyone should listen to this interview. But second of all, that's like, that's the type of people that we have inside Wall Street Management and that, that we love having because they're so helpful, right? But the follow-up question that I want to have for you is this last tip that you gave on having like at least, you know, just like one go-to person who's your true advocate inside of each bank or each group. Absolutely. hundred percent agree with that. That's why I probably want to. What you said that I thought was interesting though, is talk to them about something that's like just completely not related to banking. So obviously your first conversation, if I'm understanding this correctly, the first conversation you have with them, Obviously, you're going to stay on topic there. You're going to talk about banking. Mm -hmm. um, but once you have that relationship established, if the first call goes well, and you feel like they like you, then at some point in the future, when you reach out again, that's when you kind of talk about the non-banking related stuff. But I'm pretty sure the question that people have in their head now is like, well, how do I do that this, that second time though? Like, do I just reach out and would you just reach out, uh, reach out to them out of the blue and, and start talking about the New Jersey Nets or Brooklyn Nets? Like, it seems kind of, seems like that's kind of hard to do, right? So, so like, how do you kind of segue that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So normally how I do it was I reach back out to them. So normally it'd be like a month or two before interviews would kick off. So I'd kind of say something along the lines of like, you know, hey, XYZ, I really enjoyed speaking with you, you know, over the last couple months. Um, kind of really want to check in and reach and uh, catch back up. Um, really enjoyed speaking with you last time, um, but wanted to kind of catch back up before the whole recruiting process uh, speaks up and kind of wanted to pick your brain about it. Obviously you worded a lot better than that, but you know, something along those lines, don't necessarily mention you don't want to talk about banking ahead of time because then they're going to be like, oh, this is a waste of my time. But then once you get on the phone, almost every phone call starts off with, oh, hey, Cameron, how are you doing today? And it's like, that's when you can kind of go. It's like, I like I'd segue it, for example, like this was during March Madness was a good example. So UT just lost a basketball game the night before. And so then he goes, oh, how are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm doing OK. But, you know, I'd be doing a, a hell of a lot better if UT could, you know, figure out how to finally win a, March, a game in March Madness. And then that kind of opens up the conversation where you just slightly kind of hint at it. And then it builds off that and you'll kind of go, he's a UT guy. go man, I know I'm so tired of seeing us lose. It's just so, and then it just will keep escalating from there. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, each situation is going to be unique and how you're going to have to bring it up. But almost always they start the conversation off by asking, how are you or how's your day going? You know, what are you up to? That is how you can throw, almost. it's almost like you're throwing like, you're throwing like a treat out, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to throw out this bone. And if you take it, you run with it. Yeah. Don't just be awkward with it. Give them a chance um to kind of bring it up and then if they start talking and are responsive about it then you know to to go full force on it yeah I, i'm gonna break this down even more for you guys um this is really really good stuff but what cameron is talking about there's a lot of things going on here one for this to work first you have to 
know how to handle that first conversation correctly so that you actually make a good enough impression for them to even want to talk to you a second time, right? And so that's a lot of like what we teach you inside the program. But then on the second call, a couple of things that do, uh, there's a couple of things that he's doing, right? One, by doing this, what you're doing is you're showing a personality, right? You're not just like all these other students who, you know, come on these calls with their same 10 canned questions that everybody's asking and the bank is sick and tired of answering those questions, right? There's just, it's like, they're just taking a little break from work and, you know, shooting the shit with someone about a topic that they're actually interested in. And the other thing is like to know what topic they're actually interested in, Cameron had to do research beforehand. He's going into these calls prepared. He knows what they're interested in. And then he's not, he's also not being like super obvious about it. He's kind of just like leading them to that place as opposed to, you're not going to just like get on a call and start talking about the Brooklyn Nets and you're like, what the heck, right? Like you have to, you can bring something up that's maybe related to that, March Madness, whatever. And then, oh, now you got some common interest in basketball. Now you start talking about basketball, blah, 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 blah. And then before you know it, it's like you had an entire conversation about something that's not even, doesn't even have to do with banking. But the reason why that's so powerful is at the end of the day, what is networking? Networking is just making the other person like you. That's all it is. Like if I really just dumb it down, like it's making the other person like you. And if the other person likes you, people only help the people that they like especially busy people. Busy people only help the people that they like. Um, otherwise, like, they don't have time for this, right? And so if you can't get them to like you, there's nothing you can really offer the bankers. Like, there's no reason for them to stick their neck out for you or, you know, vouch for you. Or like like Cameron said, if you're like a fringe candidate, like, you know, really go to bat for you. And, and like, there's more risk to them by doing that. If you turn out to not be so good, uh, there's more risk to them than there is like benefits, right? And so the only benefit really for these bankers is like, yeah, I really like this guy. really want to see him work here. I would love to have him in the bullpen with me, you know, late at night and it'll just make my life a little bit more tolerable. Like that, that's what it's all about, right? So this really, really good stuff. Um, I mean, we got really, really tac tactical there, but honestly, that's kind of how you have to approach everything you do in banking, right? Like you said in the beginning, a lot of times when people give you advice, it's just like, oh, just make sure you network. Just make sure you read the guides. Yes, everybody knows you got to do that, but that's not tactical. That's just like, that's like all the way up here at the 30,000 foot level. Do you know what to do down here? You know, when you're on the ground, it's hand-to-hand -hand combat. Like, do you know exactly what, what to do, what order to do it in, how to do it, right? Those are all the things that, we try to teach you inside of this program. So is that something that you guys think would be helpful um, based on what you've learned from this conversation? Uh, what I want to do is invite you guys to book a free strategy session with us. It's the same thing that Cameron did with us, that first call, just to see, just so we can learn more about you and your situation. And what are your goals? What do you feel like you need help with? We'll help you assess where you're currently at. Um, and then also for you to ask us questions and learn like, hey, well, how would this work? Um, and then like, if it's a good fit, then, uh, you know, we can decide like what that might look like. Right. And uh, like, like Cameron said, everybody's different. So honestly, like if we were to work with you and coach you, it's not like a one size fits all approach. That's why we need to have a conversation with you first. Right. So 
if you want to do that, um, you can book a free strategy session with us by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the street's abbreviated to ST. Couldn't get the URL or couldn't get the domain, but wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys. All right. So with that said, Cameron, I know I said I wasn't going to take up that much of your time, but you have so much good stuff to share that, um, you know, I think we've been going for almost an hour. So at this point, I'm going to let you go. And uh, Roland, really thank you for taking the time to not, not only talk to us, but just give so much genuine, helpful feedback to people. And then uh, also, obviously, huge congrats on an amazing outcome to your recruiting process. Obviously, you've been grinding away for all, over a year. And, uh, you know, I'm very happy that it paid off. You're super well-deserved, obviously, and I uh, can't wait to see all the success that you have going forward, man. Yeah, thanks, Sam, and thanks again for all the help. Wouldn't have got here without you, man. Happy to do this, um, and whatever I can do to help give back, I'm, I'm happy to do it. In fact, wanted to tell you this real quick, Sam, before I hop off. You're yeah. going to have to snip this from the video, but thought this was funny. My dad came up, um, for my sister graduated from college uh, this past semester, uh, just just graduated right so he was in town for the ceremony and we're all going out to dinner or whatever and we're coming back and you know my dad had a few drinks in his system so he's kind of just letting it fly and he looks at me and goes do you know what the greatest decision you ever made in your life was and i was like i don't know like there's a lot I'm just like <laughs> you know and he goes he goes no really think about it and i'm like i'm like all right man like i don't know like deciding i wanted to do investment banking and he's like no the best thing you did was when you came up to me and asked me for six grand to sign up for Wall Street Mastermind. You did could not have made a better decision. <laughs> and I was like, okay, wow. pretty pretty good. Yeah, my dad was pretty hyped about that, and it was funny actually. He goes, "Shit, speaking of that," and he's like, "You you're paying me back next summer when you start." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "All right, fine, sounds good." Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, and that honestly, that warms my heart, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that your dad feels that way. Um. No, yeah, he's pumped about it because I remember when I was speaking with him when I was starting the whole process was like, I was like, yeah, like my dad knew what bankers were and he was like, you should do investment banking if you want to like, like learn a lot. But my dad didn't know crap. Like he's an oil and gas finance guy, like CFO, like he's not a banker. So he's like, I can't help you, but you need to do that. And I was like, I was like, well, like, I don't know where to go help, uh, go get help. And luckily I found it. So, so thanks a lot, Tim. No, absolutely. It's, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Um, that's uh, and I, and thank you for sharing that with me. That's uh, that's yeah. So it was it was it was hilarious. It was literally in the back of an Uber coming back from from a steakhouse after a couple bottles of wine. It was it was fun. That's awesome, man. Um, love it. Well, hey, man. Um, thank you for making my day with that. And uh, like I said, um, let's keep in touch. Don't be a stranger. You know once you're in the program you're always part of the program so uh if you ever need help with anything else career-wise whatever even just general advice want to talk about basketball i'm a big basketball fan so uh whatever hit me up right perfect perfect we'll do and hopefully the lakers get eliminated tomorrow <laughs> with you on that i'm a warriors fan so <laughs> there you go there you go i thought you're a warriors fan so i thought you'd enjoy that yep all right man we'll talk soon right all right talk soon catch you later, later.